So the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers open up the 21-day window, practicing with the team to do what Robert Sala referred to as functional football activity for a dysfunctional team and fan base. He didn't say that. That was my part. I'm Gordon Norton with Jet Nation Radio and JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web for what is the most downtrodden fan base on the planet as of this I guess recent couple of weeks, Jets getting ready to play the Falcons. Guess who cares? Nobody, really. Nobody cares. Um, but they're going to play. We're going to talk about Gang Green, how they did this week, what we think of Rodgers moving forward, pros and cons of Aaron Rodgers getting back on the field. Because, look, there's you know two sides to every story, right? But the window is open. So are we. I'm here with Dylan Terriman and Chris Schubert. Go ahead and kick us off there, Dylan. What are your thoughts? This 21-day window is officially open. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers out there tossing lightly with the with his teammates today yeah I mean it's got to give you at least a little bit of hope as a Jets fan I know obviously they still have three weeks to decide and ultimately like I've thought about it from every angle already they could activate him and not play him just to activate him he's allowed to participate in practice or whatever so so many ways that we can go about thinking about it I'm just hopeful at this point I know obviously he said on Pat McAfee yesterday that he wants the Jets to be in it and he also needs to be healthy enough to protect himself I think we're trending toward the the, the healthy part you know close to true in game form obviously but if the Jets are out of the playoffs I mean part of me has no save them but as we're going to get into I think every Jets fan needs they have an Aaron Rodgers uh, 2024 beacons. Yeah, yeah look, I, I'm I'm in the boat of this. This was step one, right? He needs to be uh, opening the practice window, just allows them to evaluate whether or not this is truly a possibility. And I think anyone that's freaking out over the, the idea that they've opened this practice window, they were always going to do this. They were always going to put Aaron in a position where he was going to be able to test this. This lines up perfectly with their plan of if he is going to come back, that they are soft circling that game against the commanders on Christmas Eve as the opportunity for him to play. So them opening this window is just the start of what is hopeful uh to this process he's talked about it himself health is number one how his body is reacting to practicing how his body is reacting to the rehab and then where the jets are at that point i don't think there's anybody out there listening to this show uh, three guys on this call that think that the new york jets are going to be mathematically in the playoff race come december 24th uh, when the jets play the commanders which is that again that game that has been soft circled for a potential aaron Rodgers return so at that point we really start to stress test this idea of does it matter if the Jets are in it or not? Or does Aaron Rodgers want to prove a point uh, to everybody that he can come back from this injury quicker than anyone else has come back from it in history of sports? And then the second part of uh, that question being, does do the New York Jets want to put him out there? And does he want to be out there to give fans something to put stock into for 2023 that they can take with them uh, to 2024? This 21-day practice window is the start of potentially answering those questions. And I think that's one of the spots the Jets are in. There, there are so many different, so many different ways to look at this, right? There's the let's get him on the field to get him get the fans a taste. You know, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Ownership hike ticket prices. They demanded their ticket money early. The Aaron Rodgers effect, they call it, but there is no Aaron Rodgers to to get any bit of that Aaron Rodgers effect. So his ownership, and I'm not saying they would pressure him to play if he's not ready at all. But I think if there were any questions, will they err on the side of letting him give it a go 
if it means giving a hungry fan base a quick peek, even if it's only a couple of weeks, even if it's only a week, will they say, let's play them one game, see if the offense can put up some points, get fans fired up, make sure they're not, you know, that much angrier at us for raising these ticket prices, or do they hold them back and say, listen, we have a lot invested here. If he re-injures that, that, um, that Achilles, is he out all of next year? Like, is that what, like when they say things like he can protect himself? Well, I don't think a player is ever on the field if he doesn't think he can protect himself. And he got hurt once, right? It's it's not as if he there's, you know, yes, can he be more cautious, get rid of the ball the second somebody's not open? Like, there's steps he can take. But there's no, once you step on the field, there's no guarantees. All you need is one idiot to hit you late and, and, and do something dirty or something like that. And being able to protect yourself goes out the window. So the Jets have a lot of... A, a lot of incentive to play him and they have a lot of incentive to sit him. And it's, I think it's all going to come down to, you know, I think it will be a collective decision, but ownership, I think they're going to like the idea of giving the fans a look at Aaron Rodgers and green and white. But what if you send them out there game, one game, two games, whatever it may be. What if he goes out there and he bombs? Oh man. I mean, I was going to say that. I mean, I know Chris has his thoughts, but I can't even put myself, fact of he's going to be on the field and be bad so if he's just field be you know happy the duration of the good plays if they're and i don't know how bad unless he just isn't enough and if he's not healthy enough it's a bigger issue because you push to come back for a team that's not in the that really doesn't even care to make the playoffs it seems offensively the looks ready to make a playoff offense just does not and i don't think he's going to be the only <clears throat> band-aid cure for all of those. We have uh, a, a guy named Xavier Newman blocking. That's not going to help. So as much as he wants to come back, it's, it's really got to be, you got to be percent healthy. It's not the percent Rogers is better. A hundred percent of or a hundred percent of Zach. I understand that in this situation, because Achilles and because of uh Everything that uh, we've seen so far with this team that just proves that there's no reason to come back, no reason to push it if there's no playoffs. I see the chat in here in and out. I'm not sure if my internet is cutting in and out for you guys, but you guys yeah, can't cut, hear. You know, you're cutting in a little, a little bit in and out for me. So I'll, I'll jump in here and just okay. share my thoughts because I shared a little bit of them in the, in the pre-show. Um, so, so Glenn, I, I saw a comment. I don't know if you can put it up here from David that says, I don't think you should come back this year. Not worth the risk. And, and I want to address a couple pieces of this. If the New York Jets and their medical staff and their doctors and Aaron Rodgers and the team that he's working with, if everybody comes into a room and agrees that he is healthy enough to play football, that this is OK, that he can go out there and play football, then I, I think he should go out there and play football because I will ask the question this way. What is the risk? Is the risk that he goes out there and in those two or three games that he plays, he potentially hurts himself again and the Jets now don't have a quarterback for 2024? Well, guess what? If there's going to be a time when Aaron Rodgers is going to re-injure himself, I'm not wishing this on, on him, but if there's going to be a time that he re-injures himself, I'd rather him do it in the final three games of the season so that the Jets know going into the offseason, we need to use every resource available to get somebody in here that can play quarterback. Because if it happens the way it did this year, four plays into the season where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and can't play, then we saw how the Jets are going to choose to operate when, when it comes to getting a quarterback via free agency or off of a team's practice squad or making a trade. They're not going to do it. 
So there is the risk is to Aaron Rodgers himself because the New York Jets would just pivot at that point and get somebody else to play quarterback. And everybody told me the entire year that all the Jets needed was just anybody but Zach, Tim Boyle, or Trevor Simeon league average quarterback play, and this team would be in the playoffs. So it's not like the Jets have to go out there and get a top-tier, top-five, top-ten quarterback. They can do it with a middle-of-the-road quarterback. That's what everybody said. So, again, I don't know how much of a risk there is. Listen, I want Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback for this team in 2024. I think considering everything that the Jets have invested into this, it is the only way that they can go that is going to put them in a position to have the most success for 2024. But that being said, I think he needs to be on the field because he's going to turn 40 years old. This fan base needs to see what type of quarterback they have in Aaron Rodgers. And don't give me the, oh, well, if he plays bad, it's because of the injury. Well, then he shouldn't be on the field. If he is going to be healthy enough to step foot on the field and play, then I'm going to judge him on that play, and that's going to dictate whether or not I think this team is going to be able to be successful in 2024. Because, again, going into 2023, he was coming off of a bad season, and everyone said, oh, you can't judge him off that. He had the thumb injury. Team wasn't very good in Green Bay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So there's a lot of question marks going into Aaron Rodgers' play coming into this season, and I think there will be going into 2024. So I was firmly in the camp of he shouldn't play. It, it would be just disastrous. It's the Jets. You know their luck. He'll get hurt again. I have now completely flipped to the other end of this. I think he needs to be on the field if he is healthy. Again, if, the do- if any of the doctors for the New York Jets say this is not a good idea, then yes, don't play him. But if he is going to be playing, if he's going to be out there, Listen, I think I think if he's healthy enough, he needs to be playing. Yeah. I, what do you got, Dylan? You with us? My connection's a little bit better. But, yeah, just to the end of that point, Chris, I mean, for me personally, I hope that we get to see Aaron Rodgers. I don't really know about the playoffs or not. I stopped thinking about the playoffs for a couple of weeks now. and more looking at individual players, you know, progression developments more so than the team success. And I think that's an important part of this whole process, haven't, you know, watered it all down. And as it came out, it's not going to be torn all down. But I do think you, you want to see Rodgers play one game, good, bad, just to see what it is. Because like you said, if you want to go in 24 and have a different quarterback, you're going to have to explore those options. Still says I'm choppy. Yeah, still still a little bit choppy um, there, Dylan. And I, you can see the fans are, are a little bit torn on this. Some people want them to play, some don't. Uh, David brings up the point behind this O-line, he'll get hurt. Um, who knows what the O-line is going to look like. If if you have Schweitzer back, and listen, I'm not here to say that Schweitzer is a, a Pro Bowl-type player, but he's certainly a, a much better player than they've had at right guard. Recently, Max Mitchell, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He was absolutely abysmal last week. Um, he's been he's been, he's been been bad far more often than he's been good, which is a shame because, you know, I, I, I'd commented, and other people have commented, Felt like he had a, a solid game against Max Crosby when they played the Raiders. He sort of outperformed expectations, but um, that was sort of that was sort of the outlier for him this year. He has been pretty bad, but again, if if you get Schweitzer back, that helps you in terms of adding a, an experienced body on the interior. But I'm I'm honestly torn. I'm I'm really torn. Um, one, you know, one day I want to see him play. The next day, I just I don't want to take the risk of him again missing next year. And and. The cap implications here, Chris, you know, we, I mentioned this to somebody a couple of days ago, we were talking about the cap hits, um, you know, they're still on the hook for 112 million total for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think that even if he were to get injured or even if he were to underperform, I think he's still the guy next year, whether, you know, whether we realize it or whether we like it or not, I think there, there's no chance. Well, actually 
rather than say there's no chance that that is the next topic that I wanted to get into because one of the if you if you look at the forums on jetnation.com or if you're following Jets Twitter you'll see that one of the one of the hotter topics right now is um can or will the Jets take a quarterback in round 1 of this draft now you've got what looks like it's I mean I think they're pretty much locked in to be a top 10 pick you may land in the top 5 before all is said and done on, now with Aaron Rodgers we've seen his we've seen his the power he wields already with bring in Hackett, bring in Lazard, bring in, you know, bring in Cobb, all of his guys. And now come draft time, I'm sure he's going to be saying, get me a tackle or get me a receiver. If the jets are sitting there and let's say, let's say something miraculous happens. And um, let's say the jets are picking three where I think the pick would be Marvin Harrison. Um, But let's say Marvin Harrison goes two, and you're looking at Drake may at three. Are you passing on Drake May it, for one, maybe two, but one to two years of Aaron Rodgers? Are you passing on Drake May or are you giving Rodgers what he wants and drafting him that tackle or drafting a Harrison or a Brock Bowers or somebody like that? Like what, what, what do you see the Jets options being come round one, be it top five, be it top 10 is quarterback an option. Would you risk even if Rodgers is saying, don't take a quarterback, if you're Joe Douglas, you say, look, man, we, we've let you make enough decisions already and they haven't panned out too well. We have to plan beyond this year and we're taking a quarterback. What do you do, Chris? You asked me a lot of questions, sir, Glenn. So I, 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 I will try to go. Focus on if, the last one. Okay. okay. So if, if, if you tell Rodgers to take a walk and grab a quarterback. I, I, I'm here to tell you. Are you saying I'm Joe Douglas? Are you saying Chris Schubert is the general manager? And there would be some people that are listening to the show that would hate me being in charge of this give, team. G- give me both. What would you do? What do you think the Jets will do? Yeah, Same if question. I, if, if I'm in charge of this team and I am picking number three overall and Drake May is on the board, I cannot get the card in fast enough to the commissioner and to the league's office for Drake May to be on the New York Jets. If there's any two people in the world that know how I feel about Drake May, it's you two, because we talk a lot about quarterbacks behind the scenes. We talk a lot about draft prospects behind the scenes. I love Drake May. I think he is QB1 in this draft class. If I had the number one overall pick, I would take Drake May over Caleb Williams, and you're starting to see a lot of other people have that. Dane Brugler, the beginning of the month, put out his top 50. Drake May was his player number one on his board. He put out a mock draft just, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, and he talked about how Drake May is his QB1, even though he had Caleb Williams going number one overall. So if I'm in charge and that's an option, Drake May is is holding up a New York Jets jersey. What I think the Jets are going to do, they're not taking a quarterback. It's just not going to happen. They are going to push all their ships into the middle for 2024. And, and there are different ways they can do that. You can take a player with one of those picks. So let's say they're pay, picking three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, it doesn't matter where they're picking in the top ten. You can make a selection that helps you right now but also is a long-term play. If this team took an offensive tackle, I think we would all be like, that is an immediate need for the New York Jets, but also helps with the long-term, helps with the post rogers life. You take a wide receiver. Okay, that's that's helpful right now, That, but th- that is also helpful down the road. What I don't need to see this team do is, and I love the kid. I'm not, I, I, I hate to keep doing this. I hate to, to relitigate this on the show, but we don't need another Will McDonald pick. That no. was a luxury for a team that didn't have luxuries. Okay, they didn't they didn't need to do that. They had other needs that they needed to address. And so when I look at this, there are positions they can take. They take an offensive tackle. They take a guard. They take a wide receiver. They take Glenn wants me to I'm contractually obligated as a part of this show to say they could take Brock Bowers with this selection. They could add him into the mix. They they take any of those that group or those players. 
that is a blend of immediate need now helps us now, but also helps us long term. And I would be totally on board if they took Brock Bowers is probably low on the list. But if they took Brock Bowers, that is both a short and long term pick. I could, I can't be too upset at that. Now, if they pass on a Joe Alt, if they pass on a Olu Fashanu for Brock Bowers. You're going to see a different version of me. But I think there are positions that they can go after that would help in the short term, but also help the post Rogers era, which could be as early as 2025. All right. I think my internet's good. Now. Dylan, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I you look great clear now. You look, look fantastic. Great. And that's the key. If you look great, I think the internet's going to cooperate with you. Absolutely. All right. Same thing to both questions. If I was the GM, if I was me, I'm going to do, if I was me first, hell no, I'm not taking a quarterback unless like you said, it is like a Drake may Caleb Williams, but looking at tankathon, there's three teams with two wins. There's no way. Like, there's no way. I, I I know we can lose out, but these teams are probably going to lose out too. Carolina is a dumpster fire. New England is basically a dumpster fire. Mac Jones didn't even practice today. They got Zappy and Cunningham only throwing passes. Arizona, you know, maybe they'll win a couple more games with Kyler, but I, I just don't see us getting there. Even with losing out, we're probably going to get stuck in that like five, six, seven range. So all the names that uh, Chris said that weren't, Quarterbacks, I'm, I'm totally fine for. Fashanu, Joe Alt, uh, Brock Bowers. I know uh, Dane Brugger just mocked him to us at eight in oh. his uh, 1.0 mock draft. The pick right after it was J.C. Latham. Which, which from, is the problem. Which is the problem. Was, <laughs> and I was just about to get there that that kind of hurt because I know it's the third offensive tackle versus like what we consider a generational tight end. But we see what happens with the tight ends on this team. As much as we love Ron Middleton, Jeremy Ruckert needs you know more more time in this offense. So it's how's it's Kyle Pitts a, doing in Atlanta? How's generational talent Kyle Pitts working out in Atlanta? Hey, we'll, we'll talk about that I've after seen film on him of like zero yeah. effort. That dude is yeah. not happy. He's that he's, just means he's, he's gonna like go off this week. So, so just trade trade for Kyle Pitts. Don't take don't draft Brock. I don't Bowers want, I don't want a guy that's walking through his routes when he's struggling. <laughs> that's all this team does is struggle. Yeah, right. But no, I think if if I was the GM, I wouldn't take a quarterback either. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. It doesn't make sense. I mean, we saw what happened with the whole Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers thing, and I understand it's a completely different set of circumstances. But if you want to plan for the future, don't plan this quarterback class to be the future. Let's keep looking, and maybe next year we'll take the swing at quarterback when we know more about what Rodgers is going to do for this team. More, more even, I would not even take a rookie. I would just take another veteran with Robert Sala and the way that he constructs a defense. I feel like a rookie quarterback is not, we've seen it. It doesn't work necessarily in this, in this culture, in this environment that the Jets have made. So maybe a veteran quarterback is always going to be the route that Robert Sala should take with his, you know, his staff. But I don't think we're going to be in a position to take him. I hope we're in a position to take Marvin Harrison Jr., because like Chris said, any any running back got to be top three me, for him. He's any wide receiver. The latest. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So like if you can get to four, maybe you could, could consider it because I see Chicago has four wins sitting there at number four. But I don't know. I can't really get past us getting in the top five. I'd say like seven is where we're going to end up at the worst if we completely bottom out. So and that's I, see, I, this is another thing that, that I think they have to consider if they're in position to get a tackle at five or six. You do it. But wait, I, I'm not. No, oh, you're going to say, yeah, but, but then Rodgers is going to play and then they might win. Yeah, but if you I, play Aaron Rodgers, you win two in a row. And now I all had, of a sudden you're picking 10th or 11th. And now you well, lose the tackle he wants. Well, I had so I'm wondering that. if those, I, I would imagine I, those conversations have to be happening. Like, Aaron, yeah. we're going to play you 
but you do realize if you win these games, we're not getting you the tackle that you're telling us we got to get you. Yeah, so, if he is saying that, then that's tough. You got to somewhat kind yeah, of, you, you know, want, walk If you the want line. the tackle, you sit down, you let Tim Boyle keep going out there looking lost, running all over the place with a you know, chicken with his head cut off, and let us lose these football games. But So I, I think the Jets, I think they're going to be hesitant to pick a quarterback. But here, here's my thought I had the other day, and, and we talked this offseason, um, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, we went over the draft and the, the strategy, the theory we didn't like. Um, we didn't like they didn't get a – we felt like – what I and what I kept saying is they're hard to take seriously as being all in with some of the moves they're making. It's like they made the biggest all in move possible in getting Rodgers and then did nothing else that made you think, why are you half assing everything else? Like you went all in there. So here here's my what I would do if you know if I'm GM for a day, come draft time or whatever. If I'm the Jets, I t- again if Marvin Harrison's there, I take him. If Brock Bowers is on the board, I probably take him again, depending on who else is there, um, because those two to me are guys that you're not going to find other people like them in the draft or in the NFL. I think within a couple of years they have a chance to be the best at their position. But what I'm going to do is to show the fan base that I am all in and I'm not playing games. And some people may not like it. I don't care. I'm trading back into the bottom of the first round or top of the second with next year's one to grab whatever I didn't grab early on. Because you all, you may, as we said, you may only have one year of Aaron Rodgers. So get me that tackle in this, with that second pick and get me the receiver with the first pick. And, and maybe, again, depending on the quarterbacks on the board, maybe then you could tell Aaron Rodgers, look, dude, we need to take a quarterback because you're leaving in a year or two. So we'll get you Marvin Harrison or we'll get you Joe Alt at the top of the first round. But then we're trading in and we're getting your successor. We're getting a quarterback there and then roll from there. Because, again, you've got a year maybe two of Aaron, I'm, I'm guessing one, um, go all in for real this time. Like not like, well, we're kind of all in, but not really. And you may not, you know, like I said, I know I hate trading draft picks. I hate giving up picks, but I also hate the idea of Aaron Rodgers playing one more year. Then he leaves. And then what happens you, and I saw you tweet something about this earlier, Dylan. Um, Garrett Wilson doesn't look like the happiest guy in the world right now. And, I'm sure Sauce Gardner isn't very happy, and a lot of these young guys probably would like to win. Would anyone be surprised if one, two, or all three of those first-round picks came knocking for a contract a year early, and you're looking at 90-some million in new salary while Aaron Rodgers is in limbo of whether or not he's going to come back? Yeah, I think the financial implications of all the good players that we have on this team needing new contracts is going to come into play sooner rather than later. Um I was on board with a lot of what you said until the trading the 2025 first. I hope that they would end up trading maybe like the 2025 second. But then again, that first might not be. You're hoping, obviously, that it's say you know 25 That's or later. If Rodgers plays so, well. You're trading the 25th, 26th, yeah. 27th. So the pick. value does you know decrease obviously on because on paper it's going to be whatever pick we have this year, just kind of duplicated next year. But yeah, I guess that kind of. I don't know. It's tough. I guess it all depends on what happened after they traded the pick, but you have to, you have to go all in. You said it, you, you went all in with Rogers and then you've kind of just like sat around and watched everybody else bet while you just kept calling, I guess, so to speak. And like, I don't know, you got to make another big move. So if that big move is trading some of your picks and just using Joe Douglas's draft acumen to, you know, find good players at the top of the draft, then, then so and be part it. of, and part of this is not having the two, right? 
Right. Say you take Joe Alt. Say you get the guy you wanted at number at number six, Chris. Say they get that tackle. Then sure. you don't pick again until the seventies. No, listen, I, I get it. I understand. And a thought that just dawned on me because we keep using the term "go all in," right? Joe Douglas has a very specific way that he chooses to operate in free agency. And, and, I, and I'll get to that in a second because I, I have a problem. And I spent today, as you can see, I'm at my day job here at a radio station. I spent the day before the show started. Uh, I was on overthecap.com and I restructured contracts and I cut people and I did a lot of stuff. And I got the New York Jets, I think reasonably so. I think I cut three people. I cut the two tight ends and I cut Lake and Tomlinson. Okay, that's what I did. And I got the New York Jets to $90 million in cap space, okay? $90 million. I restructured all the good. Sauce Gar, uh, DJ Reed restructured. Quinn Williams restructured. See, I was restructuring everybody on defense. Everybody that's good, Quin- Quincy Williams, restructure that bad boy. Give me $3 million. I you restructured- might have to give him a new deal. Man, I restructured everybody I could on defense, and I got to $90 million, okay? So armed with that information and with the fact that the way Joe Douglas operates in free agency is pick a player, and I'll use a player that I think the Jets should, should go after this offseason, in Jonah Williams, tackle in Cincinnati. What normally, normally the way Joe Douglas operates is he and his staff in, in, his, in the front office, they say, this is what, let's say they were interested in Jonah Williams. This is the number that we think Jonah Williams is worth. We're not going past this number. And if Jonah Williams gets $1 more from another team, Joe Douglas and the New York Jets walk away from that player. That is the way he has operated in all four off-seasons, three or four off-seasons, that he has had as the New York Jets general manager. But now, with the idea of if he does keep his job, he knows, just like we know, he's got to win in 2024. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You got the mulligan year in 23. You've got to find a way in 2024. Do we see a different version of Joe Douglas? What does the all-in Joe Douglas look like? Hopefully... He learned a thing or two from being in Philadelphia, and he can be like Howie Roseman and find shrewd deals all over the place to make your team better because that guy knows how to go all in. That guy knows how to add talent to his team while keeping a nice uh, core in place and giving himself a nice structure to work with. But if the all-in Joe Douglas with his job on the line is overpaying and throwing just oodles of cash at, at, at free agents, then, guys, I think the New York Jets are going to be in a terrible situation in 2025. And I know it doesn't matter if they're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of 2024, but statistically, probability, percentage-wise, what's more likely, that the New York Jets end 2024's team hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, or do they end 2024 as one of the other 31 teams that didn't hoist the Lombardi Trophy? Statistically, it, it is they're holding the bag, and that scares me a little bit. Yeah. Can we put can we can we just put that comment back up real quick from Joe? Sure. Yeah, sure. Let me grab that. Uh wanting to oh, no, wait, to, this one. Wanting to yeah. take QB five JJ McCarthy QB six in this class. I mean, I don't know, man. What I don't know what we're doing here. How many of these guys are quarterback ones or first round worthy quarterbacks that people are talking about now three. versus when three. we get there? Because yeah, I could barely, you know, count three. There's so many question marks with so many else, but I don't know. I just and Cam <clears> Ward. Yeah, listen, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. It's no, Glenn. This is why you can't trade the 2025 first. This is setting up perfectly. It is setting up perfectly for the Jets to get Cam Ward in 2025. Just, just wait. Yeah, but just hold. I just think hold. They gotta, listen, I, he's going to ball out. He's going to win the Heisman. You know, we've been doing year. this for two and a half years now. Yep, we've been on Cam sure Ward for about two and a half years out. now. Yeah, and now teams want to give him a million dollars to stay in school and transfer. Yeah, crazy. Um, uh, 
but as far as, as far as Joe Douglas goes with free agency, yes, you gotta hope that he opens up the wallet just a hair bit more and like whatever that number has historically been for the last three or four years, maybe it goes a tick higher than what it should be or what we could would consider like a fair deal or whatever. But yeah, you're still going to have to like rely on diamond and the rough findings. Obviously DJ Reed was one that everybody keeps going back to, but that's kind of like the only and the biggest free agent hit that he has. So can't rely on a bunch of those, but you also have to, yeah, spend a little bit more on guys like Jonah Williams or even a wide receiver like T Higgins. If he hits the market, like you got to be in on these guys. I know Mike they Evans. were in on Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, all these yeah, guys. Yeah. So, so you got to hope that he loosens the purse strings just a little bit because that's what the best teams are doing nowadays. So you if, like it, if you can't beat them, join them. So just start doing it and maybe you can be there with Aaron Rodgers and all these pieces. I got a quarterback name for you. It's going to come. It's going to be a little pricier than your standard backup quarterback. But I want to throw a name out there because, listen, I, they can bring Zach back. I, whatever. He's going to be QB three if he's on this roster, but he's not going to be the backup quarterback. I got a name I want to run by you guys because I think this I think this guy being under Aaron, potentially needing to play one or two games in case Aaron goes down. I think this guy's a perfect bridge quarterback. So you sign this guy for two years or two or three seasons, and he's your backup for Aaron. And then when you go and you draft your your young new quarterback of the future, he's your bridge. He's your Andy Dalton, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick. That would be good. I what do we what is the what does the group think about Baker Mayfield being on the New York Jets in 2024? Because I have convinced myself that this is what they should do. I would, I would listen. I've been, I was a big Baker guy coming out of college. He was probably, I think, I think I had him as my, my top yeah, boys in that class. Yeah, Dylan's argued, argued with I, a lot of people reactions that, from Dylan. Argued with me. a lot of people that said he couldn't throw a deep ball because you can't throw a deep ball. And he, look, he's producing this year in Tampa. Um, he got the Brown. Didn't he, didn't he win like 10 games with the Browns? He, yeah, Kevin like Stefanski's first season. The previous yeah. decade. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the, the guy, you know, and then he comes, and then he comes back and he plays hurt and he plays like crap and, all of a sudden, Cleveland's too good for him, and he's—I don't know—I I think because he's a an idiot off the field. I think because he says and does a lot of dumb stuff, or at least he did when he was younger. I don't know if he's still that that guy. I think a lot of people got turned off for, for, on him, but um, I just think he'll have a hard time. I think the way he played this year, someone's going to offer him a starter job, and it won't be the Jets. I think that's going to be the biggest obstacle is is convincing him to be a backup. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not entirely against it. Um, no, was, you're against it. You're against I, it. I, I spent against the weekend at my cousin. She's a Steelers fan. Her boyfriend's a Bucks fan. So we watched both those games. So I watched Baker for the entire game. I mean, it was one one game sample size. He had a weird fumble, a couple like a bad pick or two. He got his uh, ankle rolled up on. He got hurt for a little bit, but he powered through. I mean, they didn't end up winning the game, but I'm not entirely against it. But as soon as you said it, my brain just for some reason was like. I would just rather have Sam Darnold. I know oh, that sounds completely no, dumb. No, but, no, and, no. But and it and it, it's not a matter of like on field productivity because obviously Sam Darnold hasn't done squat since he left. So yeah, if you're gonna get a guy in here, you got to get Baker May- Mayfield. But my brain just went to that draft class when all those quarterbacks were coming out, and I was like, no, I'd rather have Sam Darnold. But no, Baker Mayfield is okay. So that's where the facial expression came from. Was my my brain went Sam Darnold. So. Uh, no, Baker's all right. I guess, I mean, Carson Wentz has a job, so there could yeah, be worse out I, there. <laughs> I think when, when they when the search was on for a quarterback, this, you know, when, when Aaron Rodgers wasn't a sure thing yet, I may have tweeted once about Baker, but I just, I it was one, sometimes, and this it doesn't happen often, and I, I don't mind arguing and going back and forth on Twitter at all, 
But sometimes it's like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, I, I was like, I'm not even going to mention Baker because he's so yeah. hated that pe- like, people are already, you know, they, yeah, they like- he, he's sort of like, he's, he's like Derek Carr a lot in the way that like people dislike him so much as a quarterback, they, they ignore the results. And it's like, I don't care how he plays. I just don't like him. And no matter how he plays, I'm going to say I don't like him. Like Derek Carr, like is like the one guy on Twitter. Like when he wins, it goes silent, and when he loses, it's like I knew that guy didn't belong in the NFL. Like, but he they scored 38 points last week, and no one said anything. And but then he has then he gets shut down. It's like oh he sucks, and so it's like and Baker is the same way. Like no one talks about Baker until he plays poorly, and they both produce when they're healthy. So, but sometimes it's like all right, I already have the Derek Carr mob coming after me. I'm not going to throw Baker Mayfield's name into the mix, but um. I, I would have no problem with Baker on a short-term deal. But, again, I think the biggest obstacle is going to be a starting spot or not. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be expensive, right? I, I think he's going to be one of the more expensive backups if that's the direction you go. It's why it's not a it's it's not a square peg, square hole, right? It doesn't It's not a one-to-one fit, but it was just a name that I was kind of throwing around in my head of, man, he's got some decent upside. I think he would he would fit what they're looking for out of their quarterback if they needed somebody to to fill in for Aaron Rodgers. And again, he would be probably I mean top twenty starter in the National Football League. Like that that's what you're looking at, and that would be the type of talent that this team needs. So it was just a name that I was you know just throwing around in my head over yeah, well, the weekend. Here's the way I put it to anyone who would say no: who who's better? Who's going to be out right. there? Like what quarterbacks available that's going to be better than that? Right. I was looking at free agents and, and he's out there. Like I, I don't know. Maybe you know. I, I don't know of anybody else that like really stood out to me. I'll try to pull the list up again really quickly here. I was gonna say he'd probably be he'd probably be the best backup in the NFL. I know that's probably maybe a little bit of like exaggeration, but not, are you signing? Are you signing? Are you going to sign Ryan Tannehill? Like right. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe like, considering that he's the number two right now, he's like a good backup. But like yeah, but he's, that's the tier that like you're looking at. And I think Baker is a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. He I got mean, again, Tannehill's QB two. I take it in a heartbeat. Over oh, Josh Dobbs you know, is or Tim Boyle. Josh Dobbs is gonna be free. All right, we 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 need to get off that. If yeah. anybody watched Monday Night Football and said Josh Dobbs was gonna save the Jets season this year, it's time to. And hop I, off. I still people. I still see time to hop off. <laughs> it's crazy. It's time to hop off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, it's a nice story. Everyone's happy. Of for the course, guy. happy for the guy, but but I'm just not because we didn't get him doesn't mean he's gonna be. The next best thing. So here's a question I have for you guys. It's some. It was somebody. Something I saw somebody pitch the other day. And um, did Joe? You know, while we were excited that the Jets were winning some games and the defense was playing lights out and Zach was doing enough to win and he wasn't turning the ball over, and the trade deadline was approaching. Do you think Joe Douglas looked at this and went, "This is smoke and mirrors. We're just going to let this thing tank, and I'm not going to go out. I'm going to Roger Saffold is going to be my big trade deadline move." I'm not going to go get a veteran quarterback like a Dobbs, like a Tannehill, and and somebody who might win us a few games. We're just going to stick with what we have. This is going to come to an end, and I, you know, let, let's get that top ten pick as long as we're not going to the playoffs. So I, I guess the way that I would answer that question, Glenn, is is that Joe Douglas's way of saying that he didn't believe in the offensive coaching staff. He didn't believe in the offense that he helped put together, right? Because the the way that I look at it is this isn't Madden, 
right? You can't just sit back and go, okay, we're just going to sim to the end of the season and we're going to lose a bunch of games. And yeah, this is smoke and mirrors. It's all going to fall apart, but it's going to be okay because I'm going to still have my job because I can turn on the, the mode where I keep my job, right? This isn't Madden. This is real life. And this is now the second straight year where the entire season has unraveled in front of our eyes. And it feels like we've spent a decade in in a three-week time span, right? It feels like 10 years have gone by in the last three weeks dealing with this team. And you've got a defense that's completely frustrated. You've got a defense that's done. They're done. They've given you everything they've got and more to try to just drag this offense, drag them to just being in the hunt, being in the yeah, mix. Yeah, they're just tired, man. And they're, they're, just... they're out of gas. They're done. And so when they're four and three, you can't do anything. You can't give, you can't throw the defense a bone and say, we, I see how hard you're working. I see what you're doing here. I'm going to do everything in my power to help us do something to potentially put this team in the mix for the playoffs to, to, to do nothing. It, it, it's a complete lack of belief in the, in the offense and staff that Joe Douglas helped put together. And to me, to do that, you must have gotten the ultimate job security memo from Woody Johnson to sit back and let this thing completely derail. Because, I mean, guys, it, it, I'm not saying this, this is going to happen, but it could happen. You could have a mutiny by the end of the season. You could have players not want to be here next season. And guess what, Joe Douglas? If you sat back and say, yeah, hey, this is all smoke and mirrors. I'm just going to let this kind of play itself out. Guess what? You're going to be the guy that's going to have to clean up this mess. And does anybody on this show feel like that's not at least somewhat of a possibility? That there's a mutiny by the end of the season for this defense? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the only thing saving everybody's job at this point is the fact that the defense hasn't completely fractured and spilled out into, like, at least public knowledge of, like, you know, things going on in the locker room. There could be little things here and there that we're not hearing about, but I think that's really the only thing saving Salah's job and maybe even Joe Douglas's job, too. I mean, if you lose out this season, obviously there was the report. I think it was Zach Rosenblatt said that everybody's going to be back. Hackett, uh, Sala, Douglas, maybe not everybody on the offensive staff, but basically everybody's getting a mulligan with Rodgers. So in that case, I could see Joe Douglas saying, yeah, screw it. You know, the season was cooked after four plays and I know I'm going to be back, but that's super hard to sell to your team. And I, for whatever, for, you know, we didn't think it was the right choice, but they clearly believed in Zach Wilson as the number two, even though they wanted to redshirt him, which didn't make any sense. So I don't know. He was wrong in that decision, but I don't, I can't get on the fact that he fully was like, all right, season's over. I'm just going to tank because you could still lose your job. If everything goes to shit and the locker room fractures, you could definitely lose your job. So I, I don't want to say that he was actively tanking. No. Yeah. I don't, like I said, it was something somebody threw out there. It, it, again, Sometimes I'm I when I, when I see something that is so nonsensical, like I'm like, all right, well the the you know we couldn't trade for anyone. That doesn't that doesn't we saw Ezra Cleveland go for a third round pick. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm sure day three I'm pick. Sure, day I'm three sure pick. Tennessee. What's that? Well, it was a day three pick. It was, it was a, day a third round pick. pick. It was a day three round. pick. What did I say? I thought that's you what said, I said. You said third round pick. I'm just oh no, no, day three. No, no, I'm yeah, just making round, it yeah. clear that you could have had yeah. Ezra Cleveland yeah. for a sixth yeah, or seventh day, round yeah, pick. Day three pick. So they there chose were guys to be had. Jets didn't get them. Um, right. But so what? What are you? So I said the other day, and again, maybe it's it's because I just don't want the the QB two thing was handled so poorly. I don't want to believe Joe Douglas was just that reckless with it. Do you think there's any chance? And again, this is off the uh, that report a, a few weeks ago that the Jets were cash strapped, and then a few weeks later they're asking the fans for the money early. Do you think there's a chance 
because you know the Jets have like you know like Jaime L. High's the money guy in the organization. Do you think they looked at Joe Douglas and said, "Look, man, we just let you spend 120 million on Aaron Rodgers. Zach's making nine, ten million this year. You're not getting any more money for quarterbacks. You find yourself a veteran at league minimum who can operate an offense, and that's all you're getting. We're not giving you another ten million to sign a backup. We're not. We're not doing that. That to me." Because again, stuff like that does happen behind the scenes that we don't know about. Every now and then you see, you hear former coaches, former executives who will tell stories from, oh yeah, well, of course this didn't get out to the media, but ownership came to me and said, we're not giving you this, we're not giving you that. You can't say it publicly. You just have to say, yeah, we believe in the guy we have. When really, you know, deep down, they're not letting me get the guy I want. Do you think there's, am I completely crazy to think that? Or do you think there's any chance that, yeah, this team, the, the cash strapped story is true. And maybe they didn't want to give Joe Douglas another eight, nine, ten million for another quarterback. I mean, I think there's always the chance that you know ownership doesn't want to sign off on having a seventy-five million dollar quarterback room across you know three guys because Zach Wilson is slotted in for however much he's making. I think it's like double digits, like eleven million or something. So between that and Rodgers, you're already at like almost fifty, sixty million. You can't have another ten million dollar backup. Obviously, when things happen like this you have to realize that this is why they ask for those things being the GM. So maybe Woody Johnson is going to realize like, Hey, I made a mistake here too. I should have let them spend a little bit more money and got a guy who could be a viable backup because we all knew Zach wasn't ready. So yeah, I mean, you, there's and nine always and a half million for Zach. Yeah. There's always the possibility, but it's, it's obviously hard to say, but if nobody wanted the veteran quarterback to begin with, why is Woody going to say, oh, go spend more money on a quarterback? You know, so it's kind of tough. It, you, we'll never get to the bottom of it. But, yeah, I agree. Nobody wants a $75 million quarterback room. But you got to pay for a good backup in the in this game. Like, there was, what, 51 different starters that started this season already? Is that so, what I, I haven't – I saw yeah, a couple weeks ago what the number lower was. lower than it, last year. It was like five last, more every week. There's five new yeah. starters. It's crazy. Yeah, last year it was 53 through 12 games. And this year I think it was 50 through 12 weeks uh, worth of games. So it's actually down from last year, but still 50 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And you didn't think to have a better backup than Zach Wilson? I mean – that's the really bad mistake of the season. I mean, quarterback play is getting so bad, and so many of these guys, they're going to have to, like, expand rosters, add two exclusive, like, expand rosters to 55, and those two yeah. spots have to be quarterbacks. And even if they just sit in meeting rooms and don't take a snap all year, just so you have two guys familiar with the offense that when someone, it's just, it's getting crazy. There's so many bad quarterbacks starting because mm-hmm. injuries are just are just rampant. It's getting out of control. But what are your thoughts there, though, Chris? Do you think there's any chance Joe Douglas was told, look, you can't spend any more on quarterback. Zach's nine and a half million. We just paid a billion for Aaron. You're not getting any more. So I, I could get on board with this theory. I, I could join you your, you guys in this crusade. If Woody Johnson, six seconds after the season was over, yep. at the ESPY's red carpet, I think this is the event. Hopefully I'm, I'm remembering I this correctly. He, I thought he yelled the presser rights out of, of his office. Uh, sure, okay. I, I can vividly remember the red carpet event where everyone was asking him questions. And this was like six seconds after the season was over. Like it, 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 we were still probably in the playoffs, I think, when the ESPYs were going on. And he was asked about about the the twenty twenty three New York Jets, and he made it abundantly clear: we all we're missing is a quarterback. That's what we're missing. That's the problem with this football team. We need to get better quarterback play. This is the owner of the football team with Zach Wilson still under contract. 
with this was before Aaron Rodgers was even a thought. This was there wasn't even a twinkle in Woody Johnson's eye for Aaron Rodgers at this point. They had no idea that Aaron Rodgers was going to pick the New York Jets. This is a guy who in front of everyone said, we need to get better at the quarterback position. So you have that. Then you have the full court press that this team puts on. They hire Nathaniel Hackett because they clearly think that's going to give them a little bit of an edge if Aaron wants to play in 2023. They then go out and put on a full court press for Aaron Rodgers. And then they make the trade that they make for Aaron Rodgers. You're telling me that the same owner who did all of that, the stuff that I just mentioned, then said, hey, you know what? I'm good with Zach Wilson being our QB2 going into 2023. I just, I can't get there. I just can't see that 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 those logical steps, because if you told me that they had just run it back and Zach was the quarterback, then, yeah, then Woody is complicit in in this being the case. But he was spearheading the decision to go out and make a change at the quarterback position. So if you're going to do it, why would you not see it through? This is to me. This goes back to everybody in that room. Woody, Joe, Robert, Nate, everybody. They. When they traded for Aaron Rodgers, they just put the blinders on. This guy's going to come in here and save the day. No, there's no chance he's going to get hurt. We, everything's going to be fine. If we have to play one or two games with Zach, fine. The defense will be able to win those one or two games for us. By that point in the season, Zach will understand the offense a lot better. It'll be fine. They could not have envisioned what occurred four plays into the season. And so because of that, there, there was no, there's no plan for that. They, they, they just were never – this organization – after they made the trade for Aaron Rodgers, was never going to plan for four plays into the season, Aaron Rodgers tearing, tearing his Achilles. And if you expected them to do that, if you expect them to have that plan, then you did not watch the full court press that they put on for this guy. They were never going to do that. That was, It was just, I, I, I'm upset about it. I'm upset that they didn't go out and get a backup quarterback, but they were never going to do it when they just rolled out the red carpet for this guy and they did everything in their power to make him their starting quarterback because they believed that was the missing piece that put them over the top. They were going to be fine. Yeah, big, big gamble ended up biting them. Go ahead, Dylan. What were you saying? I was, I was going to say they definitely just wiped their hands of it yeah. and said, all right, we did our job. We got Aaron Rodgers. The fan base is going to be happy. There was obviously all that excitement from July 19th when they started camp all the way up until – you know, September 11th on the fourth play of the game. So they knew that they did their job, but they didn't do the full extent of their job, right. which was to make a roster that could compete if he went down. And that started with a backup quarterback. A backup quarterback is a top 10 position on a roster now. In today's it NFL, really is. I mean, it's it, it top, really top, is. Yep. top 15, top 20. Yep. I mean, when you're putting together having a decent, solid backup quarterback that can get you through a stretch of maybe three to four games, it, it might be a top 12 need on a team. Yeah, I, I, it, mm -hmm. it's gotten to that point because guys get hurt so often, so many guys miss time, and uh, and if you don't have one in a big spot, you know you're in trouble. But listen, they they obviously have a lot of work to do. I know you know fans have talked all year, and some people saying it in a hyperbolic manner, some people legitimately meaning it, saying every draft pick has to be on offense. Obviously, that's not going to happen. No, they'll take um, an edge rusher in the, the first round. Has they'll been take Jared Verse in the first round, and it'll make us lose our minds. <laughs> don't say that. Jared um, Verse is a good player, too. That, that don't get That's the worst part. Jared Verse. He's a good don't go get Jared Verse. Um, get me get me to Vondre Sweat in the second. In the, well, uh, he's not going to be there in the third round, no, is he? he? Yeah. Mm -mm. No. He needs he's that not pick. Um, but they're going to need some guys to strengthen the, 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 the defense up the middle. Um, I worry this week how ugly it's going to get against Atlanta because Atlanta can absolutely run the football, and the Jets are having a hard time stopping the run. I expect them to lose anyway. But um, watching them play some competitive football would be nice. What did you think, by the way, guy? And I'm, I have a pretty long leash with the Robert Sala thing. Um, 
I'm not saying I'm wholly on board with him, but I don't feel like I'm as harsh as other people are with him. But that, and he does this a lot. He he does a lot of, you know, dumb excuses, talk to the fans like they're idiots, but a lot of coaches do that. But to say that you can't play Izzy Abanacanda because he's not he's not there with his pass blocking yet. And and Dalvin Cook is this monster pass blocker and Michael Carter, like they're not good at doing that. And yet I, I think he's the one I think Izzy's the one guy that they're like, if we put this guy out here and he breaks a couple of big runs, the whole fan base is gonna be looking at us going, We we knew he could do this. Why why didn't he play all year? Let, let him break a 65-yard run and and then them have to explain he hasn't been playing because Dalvin Cook needed his touches. Was that a was I being overreact was I overreacting or was that a preposterous excuse as to why Izzy Abanacan is not playing? Hey Glenn. Hey Glenn. Are you are you ready to talk about why Izzy Abanacanda was a bad selection for the New York Jets in the fifth round? Are oh, you ready? No. Are you ready to no, are you... he wasn't. Dalvin he, Cook was a bad yes, signing. No, he was. Otherwise he was, Izzy'd be because... playing. When they made the selection, it made no sense, and then they made it worse by signing Dalvin Cook. It was a it was a disaster of a pick because I love Izzy. I think he's a home run hitter in this offense. But to your point, they're not going to put him out there now because if he goes out there and he breaks one, they're going to look like idiots. They're going right. to look. So like, that's what are they why doing? the Dalvin Cook and, move was bad. And so the now it was great. And so now it's we've got to find an excuse. Well, no, it's not a great pick because now he can't get on the field. We're cutting Michael was Carter. Great. It we're was cu- great. We're cutting Michael Carter to create space to put Izzy Abanacanda on the team so that he could be on the active 53, and then we're well, not think, playing him. What, so why was, did we cut Michael Carter? I, there's got to be another reason. It clearly wasn't Izzy. I, I can't remember if that was the reason that was given or the reason we came up with, but I think the fact that they cut Carter and still aren't playing Izzy, they didn't cut Carter to play Izzy. Clearly no. not. No, they definitely didn't. And um, he is the guy that was barking on the sidelines when Aaron Rodgers said we need to stop pointing fingers at each other. But this this is what I'm talking. Can we use Izzy Abanacanda? Can we get more Jeremy Ruckert involved? Like I, I just can we do more? Can we can we be a little bit more creative? Clearly the answer is no to that question. Creativity no. is not a word yeah. that I would use to describe the New York Jets offensive structure in 2023. But you've got these players. It wouldn't it do the 2024 New York Jets better if they knew what Izzy Abanacanda was? Because Glenn, I will ask you this question. And I don't mean to rehash the Izzy Abanacanda debate that we had all summer long. Do you know what Izzy Abanacanda is in the National Football League? Well, we don't know what anybody is till they play. Right? So we're going to go into 2024 not knowing what Izzy is? We used the fifth-round pick on it. We we had limited draft capital. We used the fifth-round pick on this guy. And we're not going to get the scene play at all? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, if they're they're not playing him... To, we, to hope that he doesn't break a big run and make him look what, even that's stupider. I think, I think that's like worried. the worst coaching that you could ever have and worst roster management ever. And, and I'm not saying Dalvin Cook is like a lot better in pass pro. He is a little bit better in pass pro. But if he doesn't do pass protection well, talking about Izzy, just don't put him on the field when you're going to be in pass pro situation. That's the other I thing. I don't get it. Like just that's put him out thing. on a like, route. You can, yeah, send him out on a wheel route and let, yeah. him, let him beat a linebacker in coverage. Like, it's there are other plays where yeah. running backs don't block, and he might not be great, but like he might be a spark, which is whole, all this offense has needed for like the last month and a half is just a little spark. Decades, and, and now we're decade, getting, yeah. and now yeah, now, now we're getting on Brees Hall a little okay. bit in these press conferences talking about he needs to you know get grimy, and it's like all right, well there's a rookie running back in here who probably wants the chance to prove that he can get some grimy yards, you know, like he doesn't have the opportunity, so he's going to make the most of it and we'll see. So guys, the, the New York jets couldn't 
move the ball 40 yards down the field against traffic cones. We're going to sit up here and say that Izzy Abandicanda's pass blocking is going to completely disrupt the New York Jets offense? Well, listen, that, what that's we, what I, you what know, that was my about tweet here? immediately after. I, I said, imagine how bad the offense would be if Izzy missed a, bl- right. a blitz pickup. Yeah. It's like, a dis- oh, no. It's, it's a disaster. Historically bad offense can't afford to miss a blitz pickup. They score 14.8 points a game. You're telling me Izzy Abandicanda's pass blocking? He's the, he'll be the problem. He's we can't have him send this offense back. Izzy would hurt us on offense. Like it's the most, it's the most idiotic excuse I've ever heard. Your offense is historically one of the worst in the history of the National Football League. You cannot tell me that a guy's pass blocking skills, who he's not going to be on the field all that much, even if you elevate no. him to an increased role, is going to make that any worse. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about ten snaps, twelve in, at in the reality, most. It, it's funny because in reality, it's a small thing, but that set me off more than anything Robert Sala's ever said. But, but it, but it goes. I'm it, like, are it, you but, kidding me? It, it, I'm sorry, but it goes to what I think is just a lack of awareness and yeah. a lack of willingness to do things to just potentially see what can spark anything. Like they've yeah. got to find something. And the fact that that he goes to the podium and says, you know, Brees Hall's not getting those grimy yards, and Izzy Abanacanda can't play because of his pass blocking skills, dude. You, you can't read a room. The fan base is 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 lost. It. The fan base is done. They're done with you. They're done with this offense. They're done with this team. And you're going to go out there and you're going to blame the one one of the two good players on offense. And you're going to say that a guy can't play because of his pass blocking skills. Guess what? Then all five of the starting offensive linemen need to sit down because yeah, their you know pass blocking pass skills block are not Robert, good either. The O line. Like what are we what are we talking about? That's here? what I mean. It was so yeah. like nobody can block, but this is the guy. Where, you're going to single out the dude that runs probably runs a four two nine. He's the one that's going to get singled out as the problem. It like I said, it it, it aggravated me probably a lot more than it should have. But that becomes the question. And I'm so t- there was a story on the front page of JetNation.com today. And I feel like uh, I feel like each of the last ten years, I write a similar story around week ten or eleven. It's time to play the kids and see what they can do. And they never play the kids, or when they do, they're not very good. But really, Carter Warren, I thought, did an alright job the other day. He gave up a sack, but what do you have? Like a million pass block reps in two games. I feel like he's done a solid job. But do we see the Zach Koontz get activated late in the year? Do we see some of these third rounders who have been? practice squad inactive all year do we see Zaire Barnes I don't know what the hell they're gonna do but I would like to see as you said with Izzy with all I want as much information on these guys moving forward as possible and them being on the practice squad or not playing at all once this season is over after the next loss you know I mean it's it was over a couple weeks ago but until we can officially say they're knocked out at that point you should be able to say hey Robert Sala play some of these kids do you think these kids get on the field or no no, no, I don't think many of them do. I know like Zaire Barnes has been active, but I think he only plays special teams, if anything. And then Sam McGuavin was hurt, so he might have played a little bit more, but he hasn't played any defense yet. I don't think Koontz is going to get activated enough to play. Um, Jarek Bernard Converse, maybe we see him. I don't think so, though, just because the defense is so like good. Obviously, if they get injured, that could be a thing, but I think that's probably the, the best path for any of the defensive players right now. Um, as we saw, I think uh, Connor Hughes put out the tweet, Lazard's going to be playing again this week. So more kids are just going to be, you know, knocked down. Brownlee, Gibson, Charles, all those guys, they're probably going to get less snaps because Lazard's going to be back in there getting his 80%. So, no, I don't think we're going to see more of the kids, um, unfortunately, because I think we're at the point of the season when you only have 0.06% chance to make the playoffs that you should probably just play 
all your young upside players to see what you have for the future. I'd like yeah, to I mean, see some Trey Dean, to be honest. Oh, man. Yeah. A lot of missed tackles for Jordan Whitehead this year. Again. No, mm-hmm. no Glenn, don't point that out to him on Twitter. Be very careful. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw him like that. Easy. Be, you're going to get the whole show. We're going to, Jordan Whitehead's going to tweet at us. So please be careful with what you say. Can, and fans right. were getting mad for like people like, right. oh, look, he missed the tackle. I saw one person say, what was it? Twitter's wild, man. Somebody said, don't, don't. Talk negative about the players, otherwise free agents won't want to come here. I I, I can't with people. I can't. M- I Michael Nania does a great job covering this team, and he just points out via via clips. He has the receipts. He pulls the receipts on Jordan Whitehead missing tackles, and Jordan yep. Whitehead like is like, no, I did. Uh, like gets into an argument with him. Like w- Jordan, what are you doing, dude? Like I like you, but like that, that, just that's relax. A I, I always so you know, like I obviously I comment on players. Um, I say nice things. I say not so nice things. But it, I do when I see a guy reply to like a negative thing, I I try to imagine myself like Glenn. What would your day look like if you were twenty eight years old in the NFL? I wouldn't own a Twitter account. I would. I I'm in the NFL. I don't care what some dopey blogger is saying about me on Twitter. I I couldn't fathom waking up and being like, "What are they saying? What are they saying?" Mm-hmm. I, get the, get, I got a party to go to. I got practice to go to. I'm taking a road trip. I'm not looking on Twitter to see what fans are saying about me. I'm not trying to compare the two, but I'm going to make a reference that only the two of you are going to get. And I'm not saying I'm like a professional athlete, but there are people. There is one person in particular who does not like me being on this show. And this person tweets Dylan, about it. It's and, Dylan. He's, it's and, awkward, but he's sitting and, right there. And comments about it all the time. <laughs> Do you, Have I ever responded to this person? No. I don't no. I don't get into a back and no. forth with this person over them not wanting. I do I the have, show because we do the show. Like, it's fun. Yeah. I had someone. This was this. I only discovered this the other day. I had like a stalker this really? all season. Yeah, this this lady who was like, she was so mad that I said I wanted Derek Carr. That like every comment wow. I made after yeah. that that was like anything negative about the team, and that I'd be like engaging with someone else. She wouldn't be part of the conversation, and she would jump in and be like, "Don't talk to this guy. He's still mad about Derek Carr." And I'm like, "Hey, psycho." Like, I'm not, this isn't even a this conversation about something complete. And then I don't know if she went on my Facebook or what, she found something of me online. She starts talking about my wife in the tweets. I'm like, this lady is a psychopath. Like, Jeez. and she was. And just by chance, I went, I was looking at an old tweet I sent the other day to see a comment I made. And I saw all these deleted tweets. And I'm like, who has all these deleted tweets? And I see what they're replying to. And I'm like, oh, this weirdo went back and deleted all the things she said to me on Twitter. There's some there's some people out there who need some help, and I hope she got it. I hope she deleted those tweets on the advice of a professional. Can I can I can I end the show with a bit of a rant? Is that okay with with you guys? Sure. Go right ahead. There's a comment I need you to put up, and I think you guys both saw the comment that I want to put up, but you just you're choosing to ignore it. Now, me, I don't take the, I don't take the high road. I take the low road at times, and so no, I'm going resp- to I'm going to I wasn't looking at the comments. Which one? I'm going to respond to this comment. Can you put up Jr. Jet's comment, please? Which one? Let's see. Negative. Oh, let's see. Oh, it's, is that about us? Jet, are we, we JR negative? Jet, are, are, is, is your claim that the three – and I, I'm asking this honestly because if, if it's not, then I won't rant. But if you are saying this, then the rant is going to occur. If you are saying that the three of us are negative with no solutions, you clearly have not been listening to the show for the past month and a half. Yeah. I, two weeks ago on the show, had a notebook 
and I was rattling off things out of the notebook that the Jets could actually do to fix their offense. Do you know what they've done in the two or three weeks since that? (laughs) Those are the notes. I had a notebook very similar to that with notes. Do you know how many of those things they actually did in the two or three games since? Zero. They've done none of them. Absolutely none of them. And their offense stinks out loud. It's bad. I'm not trying to be negative. This team puts me in a position to be negative because they don't do anything to fix any of this stuff. Do you think really that the three of us enjoy the fact that we have to come up here and say, you know, Ugh. Nathaniel Hackett's very uncreative. He doesn't change any of the, the plays. Tim Boyle is just as bad as Zach Wilson. The offensive. Do you think we want to do that? Do you think that's enjoyable? Do you think that's fun for the three of us? No, it's not. No. It's not. I'd like to talk about a team that won on Black Friday and kept their playoff hopes alive so Aaron Rodgers could potentially come back. Instead, I'm sitting here looking at Tankathon saying, uh, how many wins are the Jets going to have and where is that going to put them in the, in the draft? That's not because of me being negative. It's not because Glenn's negative. It's That's not because Dylan's negative. It's because this team doesn't do anything about it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to – so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be as insane as this team is and every single week come on here and say these are the 10 things they need to do and then watch them not do them. We shift the conversation to something else. Yeah, yeah. and listen, we, we we all have our thoughts on what they need to do. I think that, uh, you know, and we covered that some early in the show. Um, maybe maybe he wasn't tuned in, but I I think the move is go all in. Best player, you know, top of the draft. You can get Marvin Harrison, grab him. You can get Brock Bowers, grab him. But by all means, trade back in. Bottom of the first, top of the second grab a tackle, grab a quarterback at some point, whether Aaron Rodgers likes it or not. But to these people saying, and I've seen this a few times, you know, well, if Rodgers doesn't like them taking the QB, then then say goodbye. Dude, that's like a $65 million cap hit. Like, you're just going gonna to cut Aaron Rodgers so that you can bring in Quinn Ewers, and he's going to be the guy all of a sudden? Well hold, well, hold on. Well, hold on. I wouldn't do it for Quinn Ewers. No. Right. No. I'm, I'm, I'm saying if, if you're going to be – you know, who knows? I'm talking about that pick trading back in. I still have that on my mind. But you, you um, need to, the two things you need to so stop are, taking? Who, are which, Brock which Bowers and trading back QB3? in the first round. We've, we've talked about you QB1 stop and that. 2. <laughs> For me, it's it's Bo Nix. But I'm not letting you get it. you got to stop with the Brock Bowers and the trading back into the first round. These are no. two terrible ideas. That's my plan. <laughs> no. no, these are terrible ideas. We're going to have this a very fantastic. long. You're getting, uh, you're getting tight end one. You're getting a guy who's going to be the best tight end in the NFL. You're and then you're grabbing a tackle or a receiver that's going to help Aaron Rodgers need, right away. You need four starting offensive linemen for 2023. You need two starting wide receivers, and you want to take a tight end in the top 10? Yes. We're going to have a very long offseason, you and I. And, and, and Bowers can block his ass off, too. So can Jeremy Ruckert. Can I get Jeremy Ruckert on the field, please? He is not Brock Bowers. I know, but can, can I at find least... tight end, too, with Brock Bowers? Talk to Paul Hackett Jr. about why, why can a oh guy get gosh. on the field. Hold on, we're gonna share something real quick before we get out of here. I, you, you, with the trading back into the first round. <laughs> yeah, it started. This baby. is this is oh, how baby. many days we have. Oh yeah. To debate whether or not we should take Brock Bowers or <laughs> trade back into the first round or whatever these takes are gonna be. And honestly, I can't wait. It's I don't want to talk so, bad about Brock so Bowers. I like Brock Bowers as a player and a prospect. I like him a lot. Day one starter, immediate impact <laughs> player. Oh, Joe, bad take Bad take by Joe in the chat saying 2025 doesn't have a single elite QB. I got one for you. Listen, you know, we, we talked extensively. Um, my favorite quarterback last year, the guy, you know, who I wanted to watch this year most closely was Cam Ward. Chris has tweeted about him. Um, and, and, man, he was, as much as I liked him last year, he was that much better. I mean, he was, UCLA, he was terrible, but he was under constant arrest. That game, UCLA was monstrous. Cam Ward, go to... I was hoping he'd come out and the Jets could grab him in the third round this year. 
if he goes back to school, he's a round one pick next season. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's there's apparently like a ton of teams that are interested in him, and he hasn't decided one way or the other. But like Brock Heward, I think it was who it was, came out and said that there are like ten teams that have offered him a million dollars in NIL money to stay and transfer, and like some of the teams were like Auburn, Ohio yeah. State, and I'm Alabama, like, I think was one of them. I'm I'm like, you know what? I can get behind Cam Ward playing with Ohio State and those wide receivers. I can get on board with oh, yeah. with seeing a full season of that because you want to talk about a guy that would be in the Heisman conversation, and you want to talk about a guy that throughout the summer will will be a guy that people talk about when it comes to the draft. If he goes to Ohio State, he will be on the short list. Yeah, he'll be oh, for sure top of top of the first round. Really uh, good player. The Jets play the Falcons this week, guys. I don't know if you because we haven't gotten to it at all on the show well, here. I did I say that the Falcons are all over them. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, Falcons win. Jets scored yeah, nine Falcons. points. Twelve. I was going to say 12 to nine. Yeah. 12 to nine Falcons. 12 nine. I can see that. I Young way I'm going to go nine six. Nine oh, six Falcons. It's going to be brutal, brutal, dude. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I Nobody can't, gets double I can't, digits. And it's going to it's gonna be like this the rest of the way. I can't do another um, one for this. I just can't. You know, it's. It's go Timmy B. <sighs> yeah, he. he I mean, I. Inexperienced guy. He looked terrified. Inexperienced. He's 29, Glenn. He's like duck and run. Like trying to hug the ball but run away at the same time. He looked like like elementary school kids playing football. Like you just you don't really know what you're doing. But you can you, you cannot convince me around the ball and run that if he's bad again this week that Trevor Simeon shouldn't start next week. You can't do it. You cannot he, convince me. Like you got to make a change. This is yeah, the last game. Yeah. If he looks if he looks the same, you got to pull. The I ball. make a change at halftime if if they can't do anything in the first half. Yeah. Of Atlanta. If the game's in reach and he's that bad again, yeah, you gotta you gotta do something. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this one, Jets fans. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check us out next week when we recap the 9-6 loss to the Falcons. And we will, we're going to have video of um, all of Greg Zerline's field goals. And uh, we're going to break those down for half an hour because that's, that's all the offense we're going to have to talk about. Check us out. Check out the forums, JetNation.com, most active Jets message board on the web. Have a good one, Jets fans. Thanks for tuning in.